Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Female Founders Network, a podcast brought to you by invoice to go I'm your host, Nat, and I'm joined by my co-host, Sylvie. Hey, everyone. We record our show in the Forbes Street studio in downtown Sydney, Australia, but we bring guests from all over the world. So you'll hear people from the U.S., the United Kingdom, Europe, the Asia Pacific, anywhere that we find women who lead and inspire others. This is a great podcast for women who are navigating business ownership, leadership, or just life. Each episode should connect you with someone else's story, but also leave you with practical tips and advice that you can use in your own life and in your own business. Today, we're speaking with Claire Summers, the founder of Gratitude Glass Jars, a daily gratitude tool that was discovered by Oprah at an NYC trade show. Claire's story is truly inspiring. After a near-death experience, she took a risk, first in moving to the U.S., then in trying a new job in a brand new city, then in attending a trade show with her glass jar creations across the country, and eventually in pouring all of her money into the launch of her very first product after being presented with the opportunity to be featured on Oprah's Favorite Things. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you do, please head on over to iTunes or Spotify and give us a rating. It really helps us reach other awesome entrepreneurial women just like you. Hi, Claire. How are you today? I'm wonderful. How are you? We're so good. Um, I'm so happy to have you on the podcast. And where are you calling in from? I am calling in from beautiful Torquay, Victoria, where it should be sunny and it's not because it feels like winter. So. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, that's Australia. an exaggeration. I'm from the States. Mm-hmm. You guys don't know winter here. <laughs> very <laughs> true. Happen. Very, very true. <laughs> um, okay. Well, but you actually lived in the States for a while, right? I mean, I, what is your story? Yeah. I did. I lived over there for the better part of three and a half years. And I went over there for a completely different role to what I'm doing now. Mm -hmm. I actually had gone through a really difficult period here in Australia where four major things happened. Yeah. And the last of what that was, I actually nearly passed away through doing IVF treatment. Oh, my my goodness. Which is unheard of. And super, 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 super common, but super rare in its um, life-threatening form. And Mm. I had spent a month in hospital and I was out, um, you know, first week back at work and I had a call to go to the U.S. to go and work in a job in Silicon Valley in the U.S. And it was a fantastic job and I thought, well, maybe this is what it's all been worth, you know, course correcting. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe someone's giving me a sign I should be over in America and I took the job and so I was living in California, Silicon Valley. Wow. And then this all took off, which is is now gratitude glass jars and it's taken me all around America. So what was it that, so tell us your story, kind of what you were doing career-wise and then the job that you you had when you got to the Bay Area? So career-wise, I've always worked in corporate and I've been blessed to have wonderful dream jobs. I've worked for Mars Confectionery where I got to eat chocolate and talk about it. (laughs) Nice. Uh, Then went on to Disney and so I'm sorry, do they have any openings at Mars for the eating chocolate position? (laughs) The average is six kilos in six weeks maybe. So you don't want it. (laughs) Occupational hazard. Damn. (laughs) Um, and then went from there into movies and um, the film industry. And so I've had a, like a really wonderful corporate career. Wow. So you, you were working at Walt Disney Studios and Sony. Yeah. Yeah. In Melbourne. 
in Australia. Beautiful. Um, and then it was whilst I was doing those roles, I kind of did my first entrepreneurial little side gigs. Mm-hmm. And one of those was a tech startup, which is a brilliant idea, but had really faulty tech. Okay. Because the tech wasn't at the standard that we needed it gotcha. to be yet. Mm. So, yeah, so that wound down. And it was during that time that I guess I probably got a name for myself as being in technology, being a female in particular, yep. which was still back then highly male dominated. I go still to this group. Still is. Still is. You're right. We're but still I rare. Notice, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There'd be like one girl in, you know, maybe a group of 100. And now I'm like, oh, there's 10 of you. This is yeah. going yeah. okay. Like, <laughs> ten. Ooh, we're making progress. Yeah. Yes. We've got progress Let's have a parade. There's 10 of us now. <laughs> exactly. All hold hands. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then so that that was what ultimately took me to uh, Silicon Valley as uh, head of emerging technologies for this really large multinational IT company and uh, got to do amazing things and meet brilliant companies and I helped startups to connect with um, the corporates that we worked with, with funding, with academia. It was just it was a brilliant job. Wow, that's amazing. And how did you find the culture working in San Francisco versus um, in Melbourne? Was there a difference? Yeah, um, and not just in San Francisco. I had this feeling when I was on the plane, literally a feeling that this this energy, that you could Mm. do or be anything that you wanted. Mm. And it was a really surreal feeling even when I was going over there, I was actually really struggling with depression at the time through all my life events that had happened. Yeah. Mm. And I still remember that really strong feeling, at, you know, flying over to LA to, to land over there. And I would have to say that that energy is always around you in the US. Mm. Like you, there is an entrepreneurial culture where you're not afraid to fail. It's part of the experience. You can talk proudly about what you've done and yeah. something in Australia that we haven't exactly embraced, I don't think. I think we still have tall poppy syndrome here. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah you know, yeah. I took it for granted. People talk about this all the time who have lived in the U.S. who aren't from there. I took it for granted, you know, like we celebrate mm. our successes and mm. we mm. talk about our failures openly and yeah. we're kind of like yeah. Americans tend to be more open book kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, yeah. like, here it's, like, why are you talking about yourself so much? <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah, you're like, we, what? We, we downplay. You do something amazing. You're like, no. No, I didn't happen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Funny. Wow. So while you're working at um, this company and doing all these amazing things, is that when you got the idea to start Gratitude Glass Jar? Well, I'd actually already created the Gratitude Glass Jar for me. And okay. I did it purely for me when I was um, coming out from hospital. Um, I was in a really, really bad spot, mm. mind-wise. I was quite depressed and I was spiralling further downwards. And at that point it was, have you tried medication? And I didn't want to go down that path. And yeah. I really dug deep into a concept that I've always believed in. I've always been a grateful person, but it took on a... Um, a greater meaning I guess yeah and I had a conversation with myself one night when I could see that I was getting worse and I just focused chose to focus each day on one thing that just made me smile or brought me a little bit of joy Mm -hmm. Um, because I was constantly waking up just seeing the negative and the darkness in everything waiting for the world to end yeah it was a horrible horrible spot to be in so yeah I created the gratitude glass jar for me back then and 
I took it to the States. I took my cards that I'd written in my laptop bag so I could pull them out for confidence. I packed up my beautiful glass jar and a huge amount of bubble wrap and put it in my suitcase. Yeah. And, yeah, I continued my practice whilst I was over there. So can you just explain, like, what you actually do? Like, what what is a gratitude glass jar and what what is practising gratitude? So a gratitude glass jar is something that some people do already. Like you might just have a jar and you put a post-it note in there of, you know, something that you're grateful for. A lot of families do it. Yeah. Um, or you have gratitude journaling, which is also very um, a great tool for controlling your mind and mindfulness. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't for me. I didn't want to write a journal of how sad my life had been. It felt like I was, you know, war and peace on tragedy or a degrade soap opera I just yeah wasn't for me so that's where with the gratitude glass jar you just take a note each day and you write something personal to yourself um and it's you know it's only a little small note card and some of mine might have been hey you know you fed yourself last night like well done or you slept through you know you went for a walk or you smiled at somebody and doing that just it really helps to it's a choice. It's an active choice. You are choosing to focus each day on something that is positive. Yeah. Not get stuck in the negative and yeah. not dwell on the negative. So it's a real active process. Right. Um, and that's what brings a lot of people to this concept of gratitude in this mindfulness space where you really do have an open heart once again to the world that's around you and yeah, allows you to navigate it. It's so important. Well. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so you're on the plane. You've got this feeling mm. like you can do anything. <laughs> Sylvie's back mm. on the plane. You, your glass jar is wrapped <laughs> in bubble wrap. It's ready to be released. But then obviously you're, you're kind of working in your job. At what point did you start to think that this could be a business? Well, this is where it gets tricky. So I actually started to get sexually harassed by my boss when I landed in the US. Oh, my God. At that point, I think I got angry, though. I was like, no, after all the work that I've done to get me on a plane and to have gone through what I've gone through at the start of the year, I didn't roll over. I just I just pursued it. And um, that was when I was put on gardening leave as the HI team were inspecting, you know, seeing what had happened and I took my little jar to a trade show in New York which is it's down at the Javits Centre and it's this huge international trade show where you walk past the brands like Kate Spade and York Jensen and you know all this all the products that you see on stores yeah get sold at these trade shows and there was me with gratitude glass jars in the back aisle in the back corner next to the bins and where the bar was <laughs> with the most naive Australian you've ever met in your entire life who was honestly there to see if anyone liked my jar and for me to walk the high line and to have a few cocktails with my friends. Huh. So, <laughs> so you just went with the one jar. You weren't looking to sell. You are just looking to see what people thought of it. No, I made 300 of them. Oh, wow. And oh, I thought, wow. well, that, that's a shot and we'll just see what happens. And I sold out all of those within half an hour of opening. Okay. Um, so wait, so sorry, where was the show? In New York. It's in Oh, in New York. was this on the High Line? Did you say the High Line? It's very close to the High okay. Line. Okay, so, so you're in Chelsea. Down, yeah, down okay. near Chelsea, there's gotcha. the Javits Centre, which is this huge exhibition building. I know exactly uh, what you're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. you're close to the Chelsea markets and all that jazz. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Okay, cool. And the show is called New York Now, so it's basically the, hmm. the centre for design. Fun. Mm-hmm. What year was this? Up, 
can I ask? This was, yeah, 2017 in August. Gotcha. Okay. And I won the award for the best new product at the show. Wow. For the lifestyle and the gift category, which is totally not expected. Um, And then an hour later, there was this couple that came and sat in my booth and were asking me a thousand and one questions about the jar. And I thought, who are these people? Like I, I looked at the man, I said, I'll take a seat, buddy. You look exhausted. In the most Australian naive accent. <laughs> we love your like... accent. We love your accent. <laughs> it does it does get you famous in America, I have noticed. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it ended up being the style director for Oprah. And oh, his name's Adam Glassman. Exactly. And everybody around me knew who he was, but he's the one that picks, goes to these trade shows and finds, you know, beautiful products to take back to Oprah for her to select what's her favourite things. Oh, wow. Mm. And that night, he said, like that day, he gave me his card and said, do you mind dropping one off at um, her office later today? <gasps> And I um, flicked open the car yeah. and I saw that it was O and I thought, oh, God, <laughs> like, yes, I can do that. I can oh definitely gosh. do that. And it was in the heat of summer and I was really fit and into my health right then. So I, I walked my jar up 45 blocks from the Javits Centre up to the top. Oh, that's a long walk. <laughs> huge walk. <laughs> and wait, this was summer, you said? Summer, oh, yeah. Oh, summer in the city is like brutal. God, you must have been sweating, like, massively. The sweat is horrendous in the stench (laughs) when you look back. But, you know, it happens once in your life and it's Oprah calling, so I'm going to do everything that I possibly can to enjoy this experience. I'm going to show up soaked, but I'm going to show up and here's the jar. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that's that's probably also a testament to gratitude as well. You know, that was... And what, when I look back and when people ask, I'd found this beautiful concept of gratitude before all of these things, wonderful things happened to me. Mm. So to be out in nature or, you know, to feel the sun mm. and to be walking and feeling fit and healthy, it's, you know, they're the little small things that gratitude helps you to adopt. You know, you end mm-hmm. up driving the long way so that you can see the scenic route. You realise how lucky you are to be on this planet that, yeah. you know, you do those things that get you out in nature. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. Or a concrete jungle. <laughs> How good. So you get to yeah. Oprah's office and then what? Yeah, tell us. <laughs> so I dropped dropped in the jar and I actually wrote a note card and just said this would be a wonderful experience to be part of. Thank you for the consideration. And I dropped it off and two weeks later I got an email saying, congratulations, you've made her list. I'm like, wow, that's fantastic. And then... A week later, I got a call from that same gentleman, Adam, and he's just said, are you prepared? And I went, no, not at all. Like I'd made 300 of these at this point in time. <laughs> I didn't know where my glass blower was. <sighs> my lids had been made by wood turner in Tasmania. Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's going to be uh, a lot of shipping cost right there. <laughs> well, I spoke to the wood turner and said, you're dreaming. It's not going to happen. So I had to, get, had to look at overseas production very, very quickly. Aww. And um, he rang me up and he said, yeah, you're her favourite, favourite, favourite thing. You need to get prepared. And it, it ended up being her favourite, favourite, favourite thing. And I had seven weeks basically or eight weeks to make it a reality and to get in the required units that they needed me to produce and 
that took me to China because that's the only place where you could do main, mass mainstream production at the right price. Yep. And I think the day after that phone call, I picked up the phone and I bought myself a flight to China. Just me and my activewear. Still don't know to this day where I was. Okay. <laughs> and I, met, I met a glass blower and I sat there for three weeks looking at every single thing being blown, shaking my head or nodding in agreement. Wow. Uh, for quality, my bank account got hacked whilst I was over there. I lost 20,000 US dollars. Wow. <laughs> yeah. My printing got burnt back to front. And if it wasn't in the, like, and they had to reprint it, sorry, back to front. And oh if it wasn't gosh. for me being in China where I just looked left in this office, I never would have known that that happened. Oh, my God. So wow. I was very grateful that I booked the flight. Yeah. <laughs> and got in, literally made it to the finish line. Like these things normally take 12 weeks, you know, to produce and have shipped. And I ended up having to airship in some of them just to make the, the date. And I put every dollar that I had into glass jars. Yeah. Every single dollar. And at the age of 37, I had maybe $1,200 in my bank account. Oh, my God. Mm. I put it all on black and I flew into New York and I had my flight paid for and I had two nights of accommodation paid for. And at that point, I had been told you're a favourite thing, you're going to be on E! News and Today Show and mm. the running list of media was insane. Mm. And I wake up that morning and there was not one mention of the Gratitude Glass Jar on any of the media outlets that they spoke of. No. So I'm oh in my, my hotel room, like, what have I done? Oh, my like, God. What have I absolutely done? And then I just thought, bugger it. I had a hair appointment. I thought I'm going to go to the event tonight. I'm going to look pretty. And I jumped in the shower and then it was 16 past 11. My laptop just started going nuts with sales. Oh, my god! Just gosh. one after the other. And we sold out in maybe two hours. Wow. wow. Wait, so how did they actually, how did, so it weren't in all the media that you thought you were going to be in, but then what were you published on for it to suddenly go wild? Well, it was just everybody waits to see what's going to be on Oprah's list. Okay. Mm. And even though we weren't called out and specifically mentioned in the media that day, we featured in the list and it just right. rose up to become the number one selling product and the number one selling product on Amazon for that day. Wow. Just from the, wow. the publication. And then technically the next day was day one of the sale as well. So we were sold out before it actually went really mainstream. It's crazy. Um, it was crazy. And I mean, she does night, pick really good stuff. Like, let's be honest. Like, she's got really good taste. Oprah's favorite thing. Yes, so. yes. <laughs> and it's a massive, like, Christmas thing, too. I mean, people will wait until her list comes out and then buy their Christmas gifts. Wow, that's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I love the diversity of a list. She has people like me that are, you know, solo founders, females, who she yes. supports. She supported us again in 2019. She featured us in her favourite, like her Hall of Fame. Wow. Favourite things. And within that there was a, probably another eight founders that were all similar to me, just had a product, carried it through yeah, and now have thriving businesses. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's awesome. I mean, Oprah really is such an inspiration, but she's especially an inspiration because she's such a champion of women and such a champion of the black community as well. Yeah. But I feel like I need to say at this point, like, some of these things that happened seem quite lucky. 
Mm. But actually, you made your own look because you yeah. went to New York, you went to the trade show, you got the guy's card, you, you went to China. You booked a ticket to China you, <laughs> with you, no yeah. money Because I, I think yeah. sometimes crazy. I, hear, I hear founder stories and like a few years ago, I'd, I'd listen to them and be like, oh, well, that happened to them. So it wouldn't happen for me like that. So it just feels like that was a lucky break. But actually, mm. like the more that I speak to women like yourself and like doing this podcast, the more I'm convinced that yes lucky breaks can happen but it's what you do with that lucky break that mm. actually means that you have a successful business mm. absolutely and it's the one piece of advice that I say to anybody is that you owe it to yourself to try yeah and that's one of my mantras in life like if you have it if you have a great idea that you think is good that you've done you know the commercials on you've done the maths you, you feel that there's a market for it you owe it to yourself to give it a shot like yeah. a real shot. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's the risk too. Like you took, you've taken some massive risks. First of all, you moved from Victoria all the way to the States for this job. Mm-hmm. Second of all, when the thing in the States went haywire, you didn't leave and go home. <laughs> you tried something else. <laughs> yeah. You know, and third of all, when they're like, hey, we're going to put you on this list. You're like, okay, I'm going to just bank everything I own into preparing for the the what could be success or I mean they could have changed their minds like you you had no idea what was going to happen and you just banked on it I guess one thing I also live by is never say coulda woulda shoulda yeah yeah and that took on a really greater uh, meaning with my near-death experience and I don't recommend that for anyone starting a business to give you the courage (laughs) to say yes but yeah you know life takes on a whole new meaning when you nearly lose it yeah. yeah, I bet. Yeah, Do you think wow. that actually practicing gratitude is what's given you the confidence to take these risks? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's why, you know, I do say that again. I found this sensation, this feeling, this belief, this attitude of gratitude before all of this happened. Yeah. And I remember the night when I'm on stage and I'm standing next to Oprah and I'm, I'm like, what, what has happened? And I remember going <laughs> to bed that night, giddy as a kid, but, you know, on Christmas Day, but I just I still had this feeling I'm like, but you, you found the magic before all these accolades came. And yeah. I was really, I'm really proud of that. Yeah. 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 Definitely. Well, and the thing about it, like, okay, so actually I want to back up. For those people who are just, completely confused on what practicing gratitude means because like some people will be like hear something like that and be like Mm. you know fooey like you you know like Mm -hmm. the the act itself is profound and taking a moment to reflect on what is good is profound and we don't do it like most people I know don't do enough of it and Mm. so you know these jars really like what do you think that the they mean to people like what do you think that they're creating for people I think there's two things and one's a real practical level Mm -hmm. and that's what that's what dug me out from the the depression that I was in Mm -hmm. I'm a very visual person yep so if I see something if I write it down you can't ignore it Mm -hmm. Mm. you just can't and I made my jar so beautiful and so pretty and I put it by my bedside table that I had to see it every morning and every night mm-hmm. and it wasn't something that I could ignore and I, that's how I started my practice right? to make sure that it was part of my day. It was the first thing that I did when I woke up Yeah. and I also reinforced it 
with the first thing that I did before I went to bed because I was still having really horrible dreams. And for me, it was that dual effect of morning and night helped to, at a pure practical level, it helps to rewire your brain. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. The, the synapses between it, it's, you know, at a fundamental physical level, there is a response that happens. Yep. And if you build on that, it's like working a muscle. Yeah. You you train that muscle to be the first thing that comes into play when you are faced with another round of adversity or, yeah. you know, and it builds your resilience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it doesn't, it also doesn't mean that, you know, once you've found gratitude, you're a spiritual Buddha that sits on a hill that right. doesn't feel upset, <laughs> you know, on a day-to-day yeah. level. Frustrations still happen and anyone that runs a business will feel that every day and, you know, if things will disappoint you people that you, you know, around, their negativity will affect you. But you choose, even though you're surrounded by that, to focus on the good in yes. that situation. Yes. And it allows you to gloss over the negative in a much stronger way. It just doesn't hit you in the heart. It just yes. doesn't. You don't care as much about the small petty things. Yeah. Right. You yeah. just don't. Yeah. 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 I totally agree. I think it has a profound effect on how you treat others as well. Mm. Like I um came to gratitude really through like meditation and pranayama practice and all of that stuff Mm. and just focusing on the positive but Mm. I think like once I started feeling grateful and focusing on the positive in my life I started focusing on the positive in others Mm. a lot more and now it's like I'll give people every chance in the world and try to see their perspective from every angle before getting upset in most situations you know so it's interesting how it changes your life in so many ways it changes your mood as well like me and my husband go on a walk every morning with our dog and we'll we'll just we'll always say to each other every morning what are you grateful for today and it might just be the sun's shining and there's a blue sky or it might be (laughs) i'm grateful for the fact it's friday like these really small things but it really does lift your mood i think for yeah the the rest of the day and i also found that when i when I went through such the bad period, I couldn't look people in the eyes again. I yeah, just had okay. such a closed heart to the world and yeah. that's not me. And yeah. that, that is what really killed me the most. My spirit was broken mm-hmm. and I found that gratitude was that thing that allowed me to, you know, physically open up the heart again, look people in the eyes, yeah. treat them with kindness, smile to that person that's just served you and made you a coffee. Like, you know, we all bounce off each other. Yeah. And yeah. we interact with other people and you need to bring that that welcome attitude to the people that you engage with. Oh, it's God. Like, and how much can that change, like, someone else's day? Like, it not only changes your day and, like, your whole outlook, but it changes everyone that you come into contact with mm-hmm. their day, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, just, I don't know. It's so profound. And it also stimulates some of the best conversations. Yeah. Like if you have an open heart and you're fine to ask somebody a question without you know, without any intent behind it or mm. any comparison, you end up having brilliant conversations that can then open the door to the next door that you're about to walk through. Yeah. It's, it really just lifts the focus to looking at what is around you that you can achieve, go down, experience, live a full life with. Yeah. Yeah. So, so what's happening with your business now? Because you had this amazing launch with Oprah and then what happened next you obviously sold out did you then go straight to plow back all that money into producing the next batch what did you do for marketing I 
<laughs> I tripled down again. So every okay. dollar that I had, I tripled it into, I just kept reinvesting. Okay. Yeah. And I went from one jar, which could have been a one hit wonder, to now we have 60 products. Wow. Uh, and it's allowed me to expand into what I feel is like really my calling in life. It's to create products that help people to connect with themselves and to connect with others. Nice. So we focus on the sentiment and what you want to achieve and what you want to embrace and bring into your life, whether or not it's love or grace, letting something go. And I feel like we provide the tools now that, that help people to achieve that on a day-to-day level. Yay. So, yeah, expanded. Because one of the things that you have is a celebrate live your best life time capsule. Can you explain? I love that. So, do you, yeah. firstly, do you are you the one that thinks of the ideas for the products, and then how do you get to them? And can you explain what a live your best life time <laughs> capsule does? I am definitely everything that you see is my thoughts, my words, my creations, my sketches, my all of that. So I'm the creative director and the founder. So I have um, a designer that I work with here that will kind of go and finish off the ideas at a technical level and then take it to our producers to go and create. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's all, when I look at the range and what I have, it feel like it's my heart, you know, on paper. Yeah. Mm. Um, in all the items and the Celebrate Live Your Best Life box is something I truly believe in is that you need, when you write things down, I'm all on like living with intention. And when yeah. you write things down, your behaviour changes, your thoughts changes. Mm. You start making smarter decisions. They're going to lead you towards achieving your goals that you have written down. And in that beautiful box, you get to write down your values. Yeah. So take a moment to actually, you know, what is important to you. Mm. You get to write down the things that you know that you need to let go of, mm. where, how you want to build your connections and your community, where you see your life headed in one, five, 10, 20 years from now. You write down your goals. Yep. Um, and there's 12 letters in its entirety. And one of them is you write a love letter to yourself. Oh. Just to yourself, where you can just say, you know, you're good. Believe in yourself. <laughs> yeah. Let go of this, you know, appreciate all that you are. And, and then you like time and date stamp it and when you're ready or when the moment hits you a couple of years later, you can look back and reflect on, you know, have you achieved those goals? Yeah. That's mm. such a good idea. I love it. Yeah. Wow. I remember doing a time capsule when I was 10 and burying it in the garden, but now I have no idea where it is. I'd love to find <laughs> the letter I wrote to my future self. Oh, I don't want to see any of my old writing. I don't want to see my old journals. I don't want to see it. <laughs> you should, though. You really should. I, oh. I still look at mine or, like, notes that I've written to myself, and I'm just like, you haven't changed, Claire. Like, you're still the same oh. person. Oh. Do you know, my mom's going to hate me for telling everybody this, but she read my journal once and I never wrote in a journal again Mm. yeah (laughs) she read in my journal and I felt so betrayed that I never wrote in my journal again and that's when I had children and they had journals and stuff I gave them a lockbox so that they would know that Uh, all of their secrets were safe and I was never going to violate their trust that's nice yeah that's nice yeah 
Oh, well, I want to get you a journal. <laughs> yeah. You're Australian now. Yeah, my mom is now 10,000 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to be so upset. It was like one of her, you know those parenting mistakes that you made? <laughs> I'm like, my, my poor mom, I've got a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Something will come to the surface. Safe for that. Uh, she anyway. would probably feel horrible about that for the know, rest of her life. She's like trauma. an avid listener too. Mom, I still love you. I know. Uh, <laughs> Safe for <laughs> Anyway, so Claire, I want to know what marketing activities are working best for you after obviously you had this amazing lucky break with Oprah like what are you doing now to get the the message out my background is in marketing and I can't tell you how much money I've spent of other companies in marketing products Mm. that I've spent made I've really spent zero in paid marketing Mm. for for the business it all came through the power of Oprah and the networks that came through that and yeah you know one press release later and suddenly we were on the Today Show and the e-news like it just all snowballs yeah yeah um but that has certainly tapered off now so you can't always rest on you know all that yeah great excitement that happened and I would say that pre-COVID my best marketing tool was attending the trade shows yeah Everything that has happened to me in the business has happened through the people that you meet at these shows. Mm -hmm. And they're not just stores or retailers that are buying your products. It could be a media outlet. It could be FabFitFun's huge subscription box in the US that we just started partnering with. It all comes through just being being visible and building your brand and making sure that you are constantly there representing yourself and your new products. But carrying the ethos behind what you've started. Yeah. So what are you doing now then? Because obviously, like, with the pandemic, are you able to do online trade shows? Like, is it the same? It's not the same and it really has hurt. Mm. And so I'm now three three to a bit years into the business and they always say year three is where you start to turn profitable and, you know, things start looking good. And, oh, yeah. Oh, we were just turning that corner Aww. and then hello, COVID. So Aww. it has definitely hurt the business. But um, the main thing is, no, you can't travel. Um, trade shows are now still happening, mm. but I'm not supportive of that. I think I had COVID at the start of the year and right. I don't think my mum would have survived it. So each to their own, but I just I feel Australia is in a good spot where we've managed health and commerce. Mm. And over in the US it's still, you know, with restrictions, but they're still doing the trade shows. But it's maybe 20% of what you know, business would normally be. Yeah. So in lieu of that, a lot of things have gone online, so you can do digital trade shows. Or mm-hmm. we have sales reps now that also um, sell our product directly into stores that are on the roads. Oh, brilliant. So they're still taking meetings and they're going into our customers and securing mm-hmm. the orders. But it's it's literally, you know, it's been a really difficult year financially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I can but, imagine. Especially if you, well, yeah, it sounds like you'd focus on a combination of brand marketing and PR before. I mean, so now you might have to switch to like social media and stuff like that to get um, sales through Instagram or something. Yeah. I kind of feel like your product in a way or the range of products that you have on your website are actually kind of perfect for the zeitgeist right now. Like mm. it's it's important to practice gratitude. It's important to have um, mm. beautiful candles burning that make you feel good because we're all at home so much more mm. and journaling and, and everything that you that you sell and yeah. create is um, is kind of really beautiful and perfect for everyone at home right now. 
I think it is too. And I also, I really wanted the world to slow down on a personal mm. level. Mm. I felt that we were going at a speed that we just couldn't sustain. Mm. And when I look at my situation that led to the creation of Gratitude Glass Jars in the business, I was running at a 1,000 miles an hour and I wasn't taking the time to ask myself the real, you know, difficult questions about whether or not I was making smart choices and the right yeah. choices about where I wanted to take my life. And, right. You know, and now I look back and I feel like we all have this moment to really say, am I doing what I want to do? Mm. Yeah. And if not, make some changes. Like, yeah. 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 Interesting. Hmm. Well, this has been incredible. Um, thank you so much for talking to us. It's so inspiring, especially when you work in a space like gratitude. Do you um, want to share your socials and your site and all that stuff for people who want to shop your products? I would love to. So we just launched back in Australia in November last mm-hmm. year, just before Christmas. So mm-hmm. Australian sales could be at www.gratitudeglassjars.com.au. Mm-hmm. And on Instagram in particular is where we focus because we're a really visual product. Uh, It's at Gratitude Glass Jars. Beautiful. And for the listeners in the UK and the US, where do they find you? They can go to www.gratitudeglassjars.com. Beautiful. And that's our global site. So from there, if it's an international purchase, you can also contact us and we can go through and create separate accounts for the country that you're shipping to. Beautiful. Well, thank you so much. We have really enjoyed it, Claire. Thank you for the time. I've really enjoyed it. Oh, thank you so much. Oh, wonderful. We're connecting on every platform. Have a good one. (laughs) You too. Bye, Bye, Claire. Thank you. This podcast was brought to you by invoice to go We're an invoicing and billing app that helps business owners work and get paid from anywhere at any location around the globe. We're helping close the gender-based pay gap. Because the current U.S. pay gap sits at around 19%, Listeners of the Female Founders Network podcast get exactly 19% off of any subscription. Just enter the code EMPOWERWOMEN at checkout.